Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Get Writing Radio Show. Two-time published author, speaker, and ghostwriter Karen Rowe will help you get that book out of your head and into your reader's hands. Get ready. It's time to get writing. Welcome to Get Writing, the podcast for authors, speakers, and entrepreneurs who want to get their books written and published with speed and ease. I am your host, Karen Rowe. On tonight's podcast, I am so excited to be welcoming Teresa de Grosbois. She's an international speaker sought by entrepreneurs and large corporations wanting to better understand how local word of mouth can suddenly turn epidemic. Specializing in the topics of influence and success, Teresa has a proven track record in understanding word of mouth epidemics, having taken three books to bestseller status in only eight months, and her fourth book, which we'll be talking about tonight, went bestseller before the release date. Teresa teaches business and marketing courses around the globe, including courses to startup entrepreneurs in developing countries. As the chair of the Evolutionary Business Council, Teresa leads an international invitation-only council of speakers and influencers dedicated to teaching the principles of success. And I have her here today because the two of us just finished a co-authored book called Mass Influence, The Habits of the Highly Influential. And regular listeners know that I'm a ghostwriter by trade, which means that you know I often collaborate with authors such as Teresa to generate a book. And I don't put my name on the books. That's why we're called ghostwriters. But Teresa being who she is and, you know, being so transparent and having authenticity as one of her core values um, has had my name on, on the book. So I'd really love to talk about this. And we've got lots to talk about and more. So this 30 minutes is going to go by fast. Teresa, so glad you're here. Thank you for joining us and welcome. Oh, I wouldn't miss it for the world, Karen. I, you know, I'm listening to your little intro blurb thinking, oh, I'm so excited. She's going to have to change that now, Miss Bestselling Author. <laughs> I know. I did add the fourth one, so we'll talk about that. So let's just get right to it. So I know that you're a master at taking books to bestseller status. So you took your first three books to bestseller in eight months. You have your fourth book out now. The release date is October 1st, and you actually went bestseller in pre-sales. So one of the things I've learned from you is that getting a book on the bestseller list is really an influence game and it's no different from getting on a large speaking stage or taking your message from the one-to-one conversation to the one-to-many conversation. So I'd really like to hear your thoughts on why it's important for authors to play the influence game. Oh, I love that question. You know, well, you're absolutely right. It's You know, what it comes down to is this. You can't make yourself famous. You can't make yourself influential. You need other people to do that for you. In other words, the way other people talk to you, or talk not talk to you, but talk about you, is paramount to whether or not you or your work has influence. And so when you think about it, if you boil that down to its most basic element, it means you need relationship with a lot of influential people because you need all of them to talk about you and your work, especially your book, um, in order for it to get on the bestseller list. So the influence game is really what's that game, what's that rule book around how do you connect with highly influential people? How do you get past their gatekeepers so that they not only want to befriend you and get to know you, but they might want to endorse you and actually get into relationship with you? Right, and that's a really great point because one of the things we talk about often on the show is that 
authors by nature are introverted um, and they focus just on getting the book written and then they get to the end and think, now what? They're not really looking at, and they don't like the idea even of a game, that there's a game to play or, you know, this idea of a rule book or, or anything like that. So I think it's important that we talk about it from the beginning that really the creating influence and getting your platform established is as important as having a quality book. Yeah, you know, I love that you point that out, too, because, you know, we're not calling it a game from a schmarmy, like, oh, they're just game playing (laughs) kind of perspective. Exactly. Um, You know, I call it a game because, you know, just like anything in life, it's got a defined set of habits and rules. Influence is a skill, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the big things that gets in the way of most good people from becoming influential is that, you know, it's part of the human condition that we're hardwired to have a lot of inner dialogue that stops us from becoming influential. Mm. You know, I shouldn't have to ask for help or if my book's good enough, people should just come to it and read it or, um, you know, I'm not important or uh, I'm not smart enough to make it on the bestseller list. There's umpteen different varieties of inner thoughts or conversations that tend not to serve us from the standpoint of actually really getting out there and reaching a lot of people and helping a lot of people. So a big part of understanding influence is that understanding that, you know, the only people on this planet that do not have inner dialogue that stop them from becoming influential are, in fact, sociopaths. Yikes. Right. Right? Um, (laughs) So when good people stop themselves from becoming influential, you know, what's at risk is that we end up living in a world that's run by sociopaths where the dominant thought leaders are sociopaths, not the world I want my kids to grow up in. So I make it my life's purpose to help good people understand how do you get your message out there? How do you influence change? You know, how do you create stories, books, entertainment, whatever, that, um, that really capture people's minds and imaginations and shift the way we think as a planet? Oh, really great. And I really like the the comment that you make, and I've heard, I, I of course, read it in the book, is that we do have this sense of, you know, justice that if my book is good enough that people will naturally flock to it. There's this idea now of it will just automatically go viral, and that's really not true, and ultimately it's doing a huge disservice because you could have the greatest book on the planet, and if no one knows about it, it's not going to be able to make a difference. So, I know that a lot of what you teach is about getting people out of their own way so that they can, you know, actually talk about themselves and their message and promote their books in a way that, first of all, doesn't make them feel icky, (laughs) is coming from a genuine place, and really to have a breakthrough in terms of the inner dialogue and, you know, so that really the book is a message, right? So really just stop making it about you or you know, and and start making it about the book and your message and what it is you want to accomplish with the book that you've written. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, getting in a relationship with other influential people is not schmarmy. Right. (laughs) There are wonderful, amazing people out there who deserve to have you talk about their work and endorse them and give them credential. Um, And, you know, a big part of it, like if you look at the key habits of influential people, one of the biggest habits that highly influential people have is that they're really authentic, right? Which means, you know, your thoughts or your inner voice is aligned with what's coming out of your mouth, right? Right. And 
And so it's it's important to think about, you know, I'm not suggesting you go out and build a relationship with people just for the sake of building relationships right. with people. Um, really, to become influential, you want to pick those people you deeply love, deeply admire, think their work is the next best thing to the invention of the light bulb, and uh, and go out <laughs> and, you know, create relationship with them, endorse them, give them influence, help them. Because when you find you start doing that, that influence is going to start flowing back to you. Right. And so if you're one of the listeners listening tonight, just give a thought quickly to, you know, what would be your your dream come true person to have you endorse your book or give you a testimonial or be giving you influence, right? And And that's really step one is to even think about, well, who would that be for me? And, you know, have a little top list of, you know, top three or top five influencers that you would love to have you know, in your world playing that game. So that's that's something I learned from Teresa is even most of us don't necessarily even know who the industry leaders are or who the influencers are that we can start to reach out and make connections with. So, Teresa, you mentioned it earlier. I just wanted to circle back, and you talk about it in your book as well, about this unspoken rule book. And I really like you have a metaphor about how people new to the influence game often show up playing this wrong game. So you say it's like they're trying to play badminton in a hockey rink. So can you explain that a bit, and and what does that mean? Yeah, well, there's a lot of rules that we learned when we first learned networking in business. You know, for example, you might have learned that it's a good idea to offer to buy a colleague a coffee or maybe give someone a sample of your product so that they could try Mm -hmm. it out. And in one-on-one networking, or we might even call that like sort of the referral marketing game where where you're dealing with people one-on-one, that's an appropriate thing to do. But when you start going into the realm of mass influence where you're dealing with people who are highly influential, in other words, they tend to deal with people one-to-many, that suddenly becomes inappropriate. You know, Mm. the biggest mistake that I see people make is what I would affectionately call the premature ask. You know, people always say the premature what? (laughs) (laughs) But the premature ask is like the equivalent of you've just moved into a new house and the neighbor comes by and says, great stereo, I can't wait to borrow that. Right. And, you know, at that point, you're probably rolling your eyes in your head going, shoot me now. Who did I move in next to? Right. You know, the reality is you want to make uh, friends with a new neighbor. You're not going to ask to borrow their stuff. You're going to offer them an apple pie or a lasagna. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. But a lot of people make this mistake when they're dealing with the highly influential. You often see it at networking functions. You know, the speaker or the guest of honor will come off stage, and they're usually the most influential person in the room. And there'll be a lineup of people there waiting to meet them, and three of them will want to offer to buy them coffee or lunch, and uh, two or three of them will have their book or their CD in hand, wanting to give them a, a sample of their work, right? And, you know, here's the thing, like offering an influential person your book or your CD is like going to the new neighbor and saying, you are going to love my kids. You're so going to enjoy babysitting them. <laughs> right. I know, right? So yeah, it's, it's, it's not that it's an inappropriate thing to do. It's just way too soon in the relationship. Relax. Right. There's nothing to hurry up and do. You want to build some relationship first, and then you can looking at offering them your book or your CD. Great. I love that. So, And I love the, the premature ask. And I, I love that, that context because people don't see it that way at all. And 
I know I've heard you mention that it, they feel like this is the only opportunity they're ever going to get to speak to this influencer or get in front of that influencer. And so, you know, they, they kind of blow their chance essentially by coming across as a bit of a weirdo. <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly. So, yeah. so put yourself in the influencer's shoes in terms of if you had someone come running up to you and throwing, you know, their book in the fa- in your face and all that sort of stuff, the the thing that you would want to do the least is probably support and help them, right? You probably want to 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 run away from them. And so so really look at yeah. contribution and what can you do to for them to add value to them. So I like that. Um, you, well, I, well, another I, way to look at that too is. Um, you know, if you're weird when you meet the influencer, they're going to be reluctant to introduce you to anyone else because they know you'll yeah. likely be weird with them too, right? <laughs> so they're way more likely to help you if you relax and be of service first. Yeah, exactly. And I'm I'm of the school that where weird is kind of a good thing, but in this case, you really don't want to be coming across <laughs> as weird around the influencer. So. Yeah. So I've heard you talk about um, unleashing your hidden influence, which I just love that message. So I guess when should an author start playing the influence game and where and how do they go about it, I guess, is my Well, question. in my world, it, the sooner you start learning this and, and understanding it, the better. Because becoming influential is as simple as breathing, right? Right. Here it is in a nutshell. You want to become influential, gift out influence to other people. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds like motherhood and apple pie and very cliche, um, right. but the reality is, as as people, we're basically good people. And when someone does something nice for us, we tend to want mm-hmm. to turn around and reciprocate, right? So, right. you know, when you find other people in your industry that you can help, especially if they're at a similar level to influence as you, and you just start helping each other, then you're going to find both of your influences going to grow, right? Influences something that you have in abundant supply, all you have to do is open up your mouth or type something on social media and you have right. influence, the minute you spend it, it doubles. I love that. And and I, I would say that that goes with everything, right? I mean, I've heard that before. If you want love, give love. If you want money, give money. So it's that same idea of if you want influence, then really it's the simplest thing in the world. All you need to do is gift it. And at the same time, it it seems very counterintuitive, right? <laughs> so. Yeah, I know. It's we often don't think of influence as something you can give. It's you know a lot of us yeah. think of it as a static thing, like brown eyes. You either have influence or you don't have it. And in fact, it is a skill set. And and I would say it's actually the responsibility of good people to learn it, so that we can really influence creating the world that we want our children to grow up in. I love it. Okay, so for the listeners just tuning in, I'm speaking with four-time best-selling author and influence expert, Teresa de Grobois. She's an international speaker sought by entrepreneurs and large corporations wanting to better understand how local word of mouth can suddenly turn epidemic. Specializing in the topics of influence and success, Teresa has a proven track record in understanding word of mouth epidemics having taken three books to bestseller status in only eight months, and as we've mentioned, her fourth book became a bestseller in pre-sale. As the chair of the Evolutionary Business Council, Teresa leads an international invitation-only council of speakers and influencers dedicated to teaching the principles of success. 
So I'm fortunate enough to know Teresa personally, and I credit everything I learned about relationship marketing and influence to her. If you'd like to find out more about Teresa, you can find her everywhere on social media or sign up for her free e-newsletter at www.teresadegrobois.com. And I'm going to spell that for you. It's T-E-R-E-S-A-D-E-G-R-O-S-B-O-I-S.com. And if that last name is too difficult for you to spell, you can also visit wildfirews.com. So that's wildfireworkshops.com. And if you'd like to get a pre-sale copy of her book, Mass Mass Influence, The Habits of the Highly Influential, you can visit massinfluencethebook.com. And um, if you're listening to this after October 1st, it will no longer be in pre-sale. You'll be able to order your copy and get it sent to you right away. So, um, so thank you again for joining, Teresa. Now, just circling back to what you were saying earlier, um, you know, if you want influence, you have to gift influence. So what, you know, I, I feel like there'll be listeners saying, well, that sounds easier than it is. What's one really simple baby step that a listener can do to gift influence to someone? Well, use your social media. You know, when yeah. when you get the whole paradigm that your social media is not to sell you, your social mm-hmm. media is like the apple pie that you take to the next door neighbor, right? So yeah. especially for writers, like a lot of writers have blogs, right? So yeah. what if every other blog post you wrote was actually a book review for someone influential that you really admired or you reposted the blog content of somebody else whose work you loved or what if um, you had, you know, 20 really influential writers or influential people that you love and, uh, you know, every other day you uh, shared their content or connected with them with someone that could help them All of those are means of gifting influence, and the more you do it, the more people will start to notice you. In fact, you want them to know that you're doing it, so it's a good idea. You know, if you're posting something on Facebook for somebody influential, tag them when you do it. Um, If you're reposting their blog, make sure you email them and say, I want to repost your blog. Is that okay? Of course, they'll say yes, and at the same time, that gives them a heads up that you're doing it because that's... It's kind of like, do you want to sneak over to the neighbor's yard when they're out of town and mow their lawn and do something really nice for you for them and right. not have them not know who mowed their lawn, right? Um, you want to make sure that when you're doing nice gestures for people that there's a relationship-building aspect to it, so make sure they know you're doing it. Right, and you're right. They're not going to say no. It's like, you know, do you want to come over for ice cream and home-baked pie? <laughs> no one's going to say no to that. <laughs> of course I do. Yeah, Thank exactly. You. <laughs> yeah. Great. So, and then, so for our listeners who are authors or would-be authors, um, and maybe you've already said it, but what's the best piece of advice you can you can give them? You know, I would have to say, you know, do something that you're deeply passionate about. You know, what you love is really authentic for you. And this is one place where our inner dialogue really gets in the way, right? Because our <laughs> dreams are huge to us. You know, because they're your mm-hmm. dreams, right? So, of course, your dreams are really big to you. And so we tend to think that we're not worthy of our own dreams, right? Go out and live mm-hmm. your dreams. 
when you actually really dive in and really step up to do something that really matters to you in the world, influence becomes easy because the more you're excited and stoked up about what you're doing, the more other people will want to talk about you. Passion is really infectious. Absolutely. And I really like that you're taking influence, which I think sometimes can seem like this big thing, and we think of influential people, and we might think of, you know, Oprah Winfrey, we might think of Martin Luther King Jr., and then we think of us, and it's like, well, I can't hold that influence. And what I like about your what you're teaching is that, you know, it's starting with the social media. It's starting with, I can write a blog post for you. It's starting with, you know, I really would like to share something that you wrote or I bought a copy of your book and gifted it to my friend. So, you know, before you get, you know, have the passion and have the big dream and then before you get to that, um, you know, start taking these little steps towards people that you admire and who really, really mean a lot to you and start creating and generating a relationship with them. And you can do that really simply. It doesn't have to be this big, huge thing that is unattainable. So that's one of my favorite things is that your teaching is quite practical and gives very practical steps of exactly where do you start and how do you start to build that passion into, you know, a global movement. And I know that you've done that. So, um, and I know you talk a lot as, as well about spark, fuel, and wind. And so spark is the big passion. So can you t- talk a little bit more? Your company's called Wildfire Workshops. So let's let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Well, I love using the analogy of wildfire for what creates word of mouth epidemics because it, it is a really great analogy, right? And when you look at what it takes to create a wildfire, you know, you need spark, you need fuel for the fire to burn, and you need wind to spread the flames, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. your spark, we already talked about that habit already. Like, do you solve a big problem for the world? Because um, the bigger the problem, the, uh, the easier it will catch, right? Big spark catches easy, right? Yeah. So, you know, the more you stand in doing something that will really make a difference for others and really stand in it passionately, which is the fuel in the wildfire, um, the easier it is for the flame to catch. And then the wind is what we were talking about earlier. You know, the wind in your wildfire is the, all those relationships with influential people you need to talk about your work. Yeah, exactly. Spark fuel wind. So that's a really another quite simple and straightforward way to think about influence, right? So am I talking about something that really is passionate? And I think for most authors, if you're writing a book on a subject, we can all agree that it's something that we're quite passionate about. So I think that we've got that one. And what I like about you is that you have us also encourage, okay, so we're talking about something in a book, but does that, um, uh, you know, encompassing maybe a larger or broader ideal or message or goal that we were wanting to accomplish? I mean, are we wanting to feed the hungry and cure homelessness? I mean, what, like, really, really, what is it that we're passionate about? And, yeah, and there's then, actually so I think, um, a great example of that going on right now. Sorry, I don't mean to interject, but I'm just like no, so perfect. excited to talk about this one. Um, <laughs> you know, do. a lot of people have trouble wrapping around what they're doing relative to like, what does that stand for in the world, right? Yeah. And if you mm-hmm. want to see a really good example of that, Google the digitalbra.com. Because yeah. um, Judy Von Niekirk, who invented the digital bra, it's a little app you can use to scan your body and order a custom-fitting bra. How cool is that, right? But really cool. when you look at the way Judy's positioning it, she's not just selling bras. 
she's taking a stand against a $16 billion industry that she does, She wants our generation of women to stop teaching our daughters that sexy, it's okay if sexy hurts, right? Because mm-hmm. when you look yeah. at it, 80% of women complain that their bras hurt. Um, chiropractors and cancer researchers cite poorly fitting bras as a major health risk. So, you know, Judy's disrupting that thinking and taking on an industry and really creating a movement of women who are standing for, hey, let's change the thinking of our generation. Actually being beautiful and being sexy can feel great at the same time. Fantastic. So I want you to notice what a pro Teresa is and how she just gifted influence to Judy by talking (laughs) about her product and her message. And Judy herself is very passionate about her message. And so it's easy for us to promote her and dig her up because we so believe in what she's doing. I mean, which woman out there hasn't worn an uncomfortable bra, but it sure looks good. (laughs) And so if if you've got a book and you're thinking, you know, because I think we could uh, say that we've got a bra, how could that be, you know, inciting change or creating a movement? And yet if if you really think about what matters and what's important to you, you can you can create something. So if you're writing a book and you think, oh, mine, you know, just get creative and really spend some time to think about how could you become influential in that book and subject matter. So that's a great example. I love it. Um, we've talked, you've talked a little bit about unspoken rules um, and you kind of alluded to one, just an unspoken rule around, you know, running up to someone and asking them in the premature ask. And, and, and so what are what's another unspoken rule that you can share with us? Well, another really big one is, you know, are you truly being authentic with people, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, here's the thing. When someone's being inauthentic with you, you can tell. You know, if their yeah. thought pattern is not the same, as what's coming out of their mouth, you know, we would, Uh as a society, call that schmarmy, right? Right, right. So there is an unspoken rule around you got to be really real to connect with influential people because influential people value their time differently. You know, you probably have noticed this, right? And it's because they're often dealing with very large audiences. And when you become a best-selling writer, you're going to run into this, right? You may suddenly find yourself with a quarter million fans out there. There, There's just no way you can have coffee with all of them. And you will have to learn the boundaries of, you know, being able to really straightforwardly say to people, wow, I love that offer and I just can't afford to accept it or, you know, thank you so much for offering to help me. So you'll notice that influential people are really straight shooters because they've had to learn yeah. to walk that balance around their own boundaries. And that's a, you know, a big part of where authenticity comes to play. Uh, and I like that. And I think that it is something that not everyone is good at, right? Learning to say no and say it with integrity and, and say it for the right reasons. And then of course, setting those boundaries, right? Because one of the things as influence starts to come to us and we start to build our, you know, I can speak for me personally, is that I get a lot of opportunities come my way. And at first I used to say yes to all of them because I was so excited and, of course, quickly realized that, A, not all all of them are a fit. 
Um, and B, that time-wise, I just don't have the time to, you know, say yes to all those projects. And ultimately, I'm doing a huge disservice by trying to say yes to everything, right? Not only for myself, but for the clients and the people that are counting on me. So that's a really great example of how do you, you know, take take your game up to the next level. So, okay, Teresa, so believe it or not, that's almost time. We've got about 90 seconds left, so I'd really love to hear any final thoughts or a last piece of advice for a listener out there that's looking to get into the influence game. So any pearls of wisdom? Well, let me give your uh, listeners a takeaway here. Um, If you want to really see how this works, for the next 30 days, gift out Mm -hmm. influence 30 times. I call this my 30-day influence challenge. In fact, there's a recorded version of this with the book. So when you buy the book, we give you um, an online version that gives you different ideas of things you should do every day. But just make the mental commitment for the next 30 days that you're going to gift other people influence, endorse them, shout them out, help the world see their work in some way, and watch what happens to your influence. I promise you, if you do this diligently, that you're going to see a significant shift in the way other people are treating you and talking about you in the end of a month. I love that. And I can't wait to hear from the response from people and listeners who are taking this on. Can't wait to see you go to bestseller with the book on October 1st. Teresa, thank you for joining us. Uh, It was such a pleasure to have you here, and I can't wait to watch your influence as it continues to grow. On next week's show, I'll be be welcoming author, coach, and trainer Kara Derringer, passionate about inciting people to create an exceptional life, so talking about what's your big passion. So please join us every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. In the meantime, get busy and get writing. 